Alright, so that's Rory. Rory prays for me every weekend before I go out. And it's usually an embrace, and while I'm hugging him, he usually prays over me. But I've discipled this dude for like 20 years, and he had to make the choice of either being with me today or being with his family, his wife's family in Cleveland. And even though this is my last day and he wanted to be here, I taught him that his wife and his family come before the church. Yeah, So he's in Cleveland, so he made sure he got me a video. So. Awesome opportunity for you guys. I'm dropping a course on the Tome app called The Scandalous Scriptures of Christmas. It's free to you as a gift. I love you guys. I'm not sure what your customary practices are around the holidays, particularly Christmas, but I just want to invite you to, to just take a moment. It doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be super, super serious. But just take a moment. This can be done even if members of your family are unbelievers. Tell them to just take a moment, even if they don't believe in God, to think about something extravagant that's been done for them in the last year that they know couldn't have happened if it wasn't for a higher power or the goodness in someone's heart. Welcome to The Basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I hope y'all are doing well. I love you guys. And uh, we back at it like crack addicts. Listen, I am so excited uh, uh, for my guest today. And um, listen, we are back in those Google Doc forms, fam. We are deep diving into the forms. 1500 deep just rummaging around trying to see who we can find and pull up i don't even know why they want to come on here i have no idea if i'm about to get debated 
if I'm about to get chastised, if I'm about to get rebuked. And we do it anyway. We about that life. We ain't scared. Okay? So we love you guys. And today, uh, we have a young man, Aaron Fisher, my guest, came all the way from Longview, Texas, got in a car with his wife, drove two hours in a car from afar <laughs> to be here where we are. So, um, bars, 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 bars. Pew, 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 pew. Sound effects, Sammy. <laughs> oh my goodness. We don't have Ruslan real time sound effects. So that's what post-production is for. <laughs> Aaron Fisher, thank you so much uh, for coming here, man, and uh, for being with us today. And, bro, I just, first of all, just kind of tell us who you are, where you're from, and then what compelled you to fill out that form. Cool. So, um, name's Aaron Fisher. Me and my wife came here today. And um, so I'm actually a pastor. Oh, snap. Texas. Yep. So I'm a youth slash worship pastor. Oh, dope. Okay. And so um, love what I do. Love the students. Love leading worship. Love music. Um, Can I say, let me, let me just say this real quick. So I, I need to, I need the dwellers to know like where we've gotten to in this process of, of pulling people uh, from, uh, you know, you filling out that Google Doc form and then and, and kind of risking it all to get on, <laughs> you know, to come out here with us. Um, uh, Hector and Sam are the ones that uh, comb through those Google Docs, and then they're the ones that choose the guests. I do not know who these guests are until they pull up. Like, until we get in here live, like, I hit the corner, Aaron was already in the chair, and I'm like, okay. It's what we doing today. So I just need y'all to know, like, I'm not even a part of that process, which I'm really glad I'm not because it, it, it allows me to just be, like, refreshingly surprised. Like, I don't know the backstory. Like, I didn't read your testimony. It's like, oh, that guy got a good one. I want to talk to that. <laughs> like, I have no – and they don't share it with me. They're literally – I trust them, and then I trust God in this whole process. You know what I mean? So – that's dope. Okay, so you are a youth pastor slash worship pastor. Yes. They making you do it all in Longview. Hey, do what I can. Yeah, man. yeah, that's awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, uh, worship pastor, youth pastor, and I'm actually from New York. Originally. Oh, okay, slow down. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> How do we get from New York? What what city? Uh, originally, yeah, so I was born in the Bronx. Juliet was born in the Bronx. Hey, I knew she was a real one. Yeah, man, she is. She is. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> From the Bronx to Longview, that could be a book. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. For sure. Um, so, do you want me to start at the beginning, or just kind of give you an overview? Wherever you want to, wherever you want to jump so, in, bro. So, um, grew up in the. I was born in the Bronx. My grandpa was actually a pastor. Okay. So, um, there's a rich spiritual legacy in my family. Um, my great great grandpa was actually a pastor, and he actually saw somebody raised from the dead. Wow. Um, and so that's just kind of the legacy I grew up in. Yep. I grew up, um, I was that five-year-old kid running around church. Um, I was two running into my grandpa's arms. He picked me up and keep preaching. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so I was that kid. Yes. I, I was sitting in his office playing computer games while he's preaching. Yeah. Everybody was, um, all the teenagers were fighting to, um, who could bring me to the corner store during the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get out of <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You have my kind of church life. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that PK life. Yeah. 
that, yeah. that PK life. My mom was a choir director. Um, and it's actually crazy. So my mom didn't play any instruments at all. Barely what? even sang. What? My grandpa was like, hey, I heard you sing one time. Uh, can you be the work? Can you be the choir director? And so she taught herself piano, taught herself harmonies. What? I was actually her guinea pig. So I would test all the different harmonies for her, matching with her voice. What? And um, she led worship that way. All right. So, okay, that's, that's very, um, that's profound to me. And, and, and the reason why is because, man, the power of recruitment. I mean, granddad recruited your mom to do something that not only did she not do at the time, she wasn't even talented or skilled but because someone asked or kind of spoke it, mm. she became it. Mm. I mean, that's crazy. It would be different if, like, your mom grew up singing around the house and she was just a little songbird. You know what I mean? The hummingbird of the Bronx. You, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, 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 it's different when, like, you're not even good at something and then somebody says, I think you can do this. And then you, like... Believe it. Hey, my mom's a gangster for real. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 She'll that's, make it happen. <laughs> no, she did. Hey, she, that's crazy, bro. That's dope. And it's funny. Fast forward about 20 years. Uh, we were going through a transition at our church, and then I get asked to be the worship pastor. I like sang in choir. And then um, I went to Christ for the Nations and sang like a little bit. You was down here. Yeah. I was that's here. dope. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how I got from. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, here. yeah. Okay. Makes sense now. Makes sense. Yeah. But um, so I'd never really like led worship like that. I was yeah. never a worship leader. I would like sing a song yeah. here and there. Like, yeah. I wasn't the guy that you're like, hey, him. Right, 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 right. Him, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, not yeah. that guy. Yeah. And so um, Pastor Ryan, uh, my pastor, he was like, hey, so uh, I think you could do it. I think there's an anointing there. And I was like, uh, so for the last um, year and a half, crazy, been leading worship. Wow, dude. Okay, <laughs> this is uh, I like this. I like this. This is awesome. This is awesome. All right, so you go from New York mm -hmm. to Christ for the Nations. If anybody doesn't know what Christ for the Nations is, break it down for them. So Christ for the Nation is a Bible college in Oak Cliff, Texas. Oak Cliff, that's my hood. Hey, yeah, yeah, it's my adopted hood. Because uh, when I moved here from Cali, okay. I lived with uh, my uh, grand uncle, my, my grandfather's brother and his wife. And we lived off of Keast Boulevard and Rugged. Oh, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, at. it's right across the street from Keast Park. It's the hood. Yo. The hood. Loved it, though. So, so okay, so you're down in Oak Cliff. That Bible college is, has put out a, a great deal of worship pastors. Yeah. Quiet is kept. You know what I mean? Like, they've done a lot of good for a long time. Salute to Christ for the Nations. Shout out, shout out. CFNI in the building. Would not Let's be go. where I'm at without them. Let's sure. go. Salute.
and for youth and to youth for the nations as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. YFN. I'm a product of youth for the nations. Yep. Attended there as a student. So that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. And so can we rewind a little bit right before Texas? Bro, you can go wherever you want. So, uh, grew up in the church, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, about sixth grade, started playing basketball. Okay. Started playing basketball at a very competitive level. I was yep. playing um, AAU, traveling every weekend. Yep. And so church was a non-factor for me. Got I it. went from loving Jesus to loving basketball. Got it. And so um, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like I'm getting recruited to go to high school. All the, I ended up choosing a high school in New Jersey, about 20 minutes from where I live. And um, as soon as I get there, they're known for partying and sports. Yep. So uh, every every ounce of... Jesus that that uh, my grandpa's put into me that my mom and dad which went out the window was not in my <laughs> yeah. not in my mind yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. um in middle school those real formative years when you're like all right this is what I believe in this is who I am this is what I stand for I believed in my jump shot and so, wow and so I go into high school and I just kind of wild out at first um. I was playing at a pretty high level. Yep. Um, my school won a national championship in football that year. Wow. And so um, I was just all about athletics, um, academics, and partying. All right, so so this is I'm, – I'm really grateful that you kind of backed up mm -hmm. and, and, and put this in here because we got some teenagers that rock with us in the basement. Mm -hmm. um, and – it sounds like the you were you, you were exposed to the to to church and this is all you knew yeah. right um but then AAU comes along basketball comes along and um obviously it's going to fill up a, a a big part of your life you know what i mean the dedication to yeah. it all that kind of stuff what what uh position did you play so uh middle school i probably played like the three mm -hmm. yeah so you get to high school and you get exposed to party life mm -hmm. basketball culture yeah. which is a whole subculture unto itself oh, yeah. okay and like everything you were exposed to in church goes out the window so are you, could you kind of share with me, with us, like, did you feel like you were anchored to Christ or do you just feel you were in church culture? I was exposed to Christ, not anchored. Done. Thank you. I appreciate the honesty, homie. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I see so many people that, that, that grow up in church and they actually think they're right or die for Jesus when the truth is they only have that mindset because they've never been exposed to anything else. Ooh, oh, yeah, you got to say that again. <laughs> That's a word. Right? Yep. Right, like, 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 it's all Jesus on mine, but, like, you've never had an option. And if you've never had an option, how do you know it's all Jesus on yours? Right? Dwight Howard stepped into the league talking about, I'm about to change the NBA logo to a cross. I don't know if many people Google it. 
I didn't even remember that. Bro, go look up Dwight Howard when he got drafted, when he first got into the league. He was all about Jesus. Like, literally, like, my faith in Christ. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm about this life. He was in a very contained environment. Christian school. Christian school. Um, uh, was in church every week. The, the gentle giant. You know what I'm saying? And that's still on the inside of him. But the, to go from small contained church culture to the National Basketball Association Church of God in Christ, Missionary Baptist Church, that's a different church. Yeah. NBA is a different church, fam. The presiding prelate, Stern. Dwight Howard wants to raise the name of God in the NBA and the world. Thank you, fact-checking Hector Guerrero. <laughs> hey, let's go. Bro, that's how he came into the league. Have, have you heard? Did you know? Did you even know that? Nope. <laughs> I, know, I know some of y'all are going to pause this pod and be like, let me see. Let me look this up. Listen, I know there's a seed inside Dwight, and I don't know where his spiritual walk is with Christ now. All I know is he came in loud, and it's been crickets. So I, I love the honesty from you to, to just be able to know that, because a lot of people literally think, like, I have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, you have a relationship with your church. Mm. <laughs> you love your denomination. You do not love Jesus. <laughs> you do not know Jesus. <laughs> You've never met Jesus. You met your mama's Jesus. Your mama's Jesus ain't yours. I met a few representatives. You met a few represent that. I'm you. That. <laughs> I like you, Aaron Fisher. All right, so you believed in your jump shot more than you believed in Jesus. What did that take you? Like, what, what, what did that, what did that open up for you? And so, um, my freshman year, I started playing football as well. Okay. And so it was a predominantly football school. They were trying to raise the basketball. Yep. Um, and so I started playing football and basketball. And where the partying took me from, it's football even more than basketball. Oh, the football sure. culture is oh, wild. Oh, yeah, it is, <laughs> it's very wild. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we would we would play our games on Friday night, go go party all night, and. and and then get back like Saturday morning. Yep. Kind of, and um, so what it took me to was my entire identity was found in how I performed. Mm -hmm. My entire identity. Yep. So if I had a great game, I was the man. Mm. Had a subpar game in my standards. It was the worst thing ever. Wow. Don't talk to me. Don't look at wow. me. Wow. 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 Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so I got to a place my sophomore year. Um supposed to be playing football like I'm supposed to have be fighting for a starting position all of that I end up breaking my back <laughs> oh that took my breath away yeah mine too <laughs> okay bro I'm so sorry I I see everything 
like like visually. Yeah. So like as you, I'm watching you walk me through this, mm-hmm. but then like, I'm playing football, I'm partying, I end up breaking my back. I details, please. Yeah. What? So, so um, I so my freshman year, I played basketball, played football, and I ran track. So Whoa. I already had a stress. Um, oh my goodness. A stress reaction on my back. Yeah, for that sure. That I didn't really know about. I was sore, but I was like, eh, this is football. If I complain to a coach about it, they're just going to call me soft and tell me to get back on the field. That's right. And so I just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. And then there was this one play I ran, um, I think it was a 12 yard in. So um, for those of you who don't know, I ran straight for 12 yards and then went to the left. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly what you did. <laughs> and then the free safety read it, outside linebacker read it, and I got high load. And so they hit me high, hit me low. I, like, kind of crumbled. And um, so it hurt, but there's adrenaline going. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, I got up, and um, I kept playing. I played for about three or four more weeks until I was like, all right, something's wrong. Like, there's something off here. And um, so I went I went to my trainer. He's like, hey, you might want to go see the doctor. Go to the doctor. Like, yeah, your back's broken, bro. You're done. Jeez. And so you're, you would have you thought they told me I had cancer. Yeah, because it was tied to your performance. And so I'm sitting in bed for weeks at this point. And um, depression, I didn't even know what depression was. Like, I'd heard the word a few times, but this is before, like, the big mental health. Yeah, for um, sure, of course. Like, awakening, I would say. And um, so I didn't know what it was. I'm just like, yo, what's going on with me? And then so I just go deeper into the party scene. I'm smoking weed every single day. I'm drinking every weekend. I'm anything yeah. to kind of try to fill that void. Are you still going to church? Uh, so I was going on Sundays with my yeah, parents. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I'm there. But yeah, I was yeah, kind of like that drug kid. Like, yeah, understood. So they're they're like they're dragging me to church. Yeah, for sure. Me. Absolutely. You live in a house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. I'm gonna follow their one thing about my dad, I'm follow the rules. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And so um and so we're we were going to church and everything, but I didn't even know our church had a youth group. That's how disconnected I was from church. <laughs> so, <laughs> great. so I had been going to this church for six years. I'm sure they had announcements, videos, all of that. No clue. You were high, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you were you you were having a completely different experience when they sang high and lifted up. <laughs> Lord, we lift your name on high. Aaron's over here in the corner. Lord, I already am. <laughs> and so yeah, I had no idea what was going on at church. I was wasn't standing in worship. I was just sitting kind of scrolling through my phone. Yeah, for sure. And so um I'm just in this really, really dark place. And um my parents decide to join this church. And like they finally be tra- decide to become members. And so they meet with some elders. And so we go over to their house and that's the way our church was set up. Like we wanted to become members. We yep. go meet with some elders mm-hmm. and they kind of like show us what the church is about. Mm-hmm. They have, di- we have dinner at their house, all that stuff. And they had a daughter that was my age, thought she was cute. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and she was like, hey, you should come to the youth group. And I was like, there's a youth group? <laughs> wait, and I was like, wait a second, what's a youth group? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> tell me what it is and then tell me if I like it. <laughs> right, right, right. So then I pull up to this I pull up to this youth group and um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be a church service, if we were just going to play games the whole time. And so um, I pull up and um, we get into service and worship starts. And I finally feel the presence of God for the first time wow. in my life. wow in my life. So wow. I've been, a, I've been around the presence of God so much, so much, but it didn't connect until that moment. Mm. 
and what I think it was was um, I was just so caught up in in sports, especially from middle school to high school. Like I was so caught up in sports, there was no way it was going to connect. And even before then, I don't think I my brain was ready to even process what was going on around me. All I heard was praying in tongues, demons manifesting over here. Yeah, I'm yep, like, yep. Uh, I'm gonna go sit in the office. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. And yeah, so I felt the presence of God for the first time in my life, and it changed everything for me in that moment. So um, I'm just thinking about um, the millions of people that pass through church in this country and how many people um, can literally be in the king's presence and not be present. Like, like you, you can literally look to the left and see somebody with their hands raised, tears streaming down their face, completely engaged, and look to the right and see somebody sitting there like, when is this going to be over? Every week. Right? <laughs> yeah. And um, the person to the left couldn't be drug out of the church. Mm. And the person to the right doesn't want to be drug into the church and they can both walk out with two wildly different experiences. Um, and you know, we live in a culture that says that if everyone's not having the experience to the left, then God must not be real. Wow. And I'm like, well, Jesus walked the earth and, the majority of the people didn't believe he was the son of God yeah. and he was literally present. Yep. Emmanuel, right? God with us. So I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by, by your story and the fact that you had been dancing and, and running around as a child in the presence of God, but it took a back-breaking experience mm. to connect with him. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah. that's sobering, dude. Yeah. And I think, honestly, as horrible as, as it was, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Mm. And, um, I was reading this thing the other day, and um, it was about Mary and how she had so much favor, mm -hmm. and um, but it didn't always feel like favor. It didn't always look like favor. Having a kid <laughs> in a stable does not feel like favor. Breaking a back on a football field didn't feel like favor. Yes, sir. But um, one thing that happened was uh, I, I, had, I, I started going to youth group, and I ended up being um, a youth leader, but also... This this second life never went away. Mm. So I was still smoking weed. I was still partying. I finally got to a point where I was able to play sports again. But um, that's 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 that um that youth group was amazing. Yep. And um, so I'm in the presence of God. I'm learning. I'm growing. I have Yo, good who, community. Who, who 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 was the youth pastor? So Gabriel Zamora. I don't know if you know. So I just want to shout out a youth pastor. Hey, for real. Gabriel Zamora, 
And Dominique Zamora, his wife. And Dominique Zamora. I want to shout out that couple for nurturing and cultivating the presence of God for a teenager that needed to feel a touch from God. And out of our whole youth group, I think there's like nine or ten of us that they personally disciple that are in ministry right now. They win. Matthew 28, check the box. Ding! They made disciples. Like, that's, that's what this is about. So shout out to Gabriel and Dominique. I love you both. Um, thank you. This guy's in this chair right now yep. because you stewarded a move of God and you cared more about their souls than you cared about trends. Oh, for sure. Popularity. Nikes. Mm. Pizza. So that's dope. Yeah. They're, they're incredible. And so I'm living this double life, and um, it literally felt like I felt it in my spirit. It's crazy. It's like two trains were going head on at each other. Mm. I knew one of them had to win out. Mm. I knew one of them had to win out. And I didn't know how that was going to happen, but I felt it in my mm. spirit. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I wasn't sure. I'd never been in this position before. I didn't really know what it was like to be in a relationship with God in my context. Yep. I, I knew, like, what Pastor Gabe's um, – life looked like, I know what Pastor Dominique's look, life looked like, I know what my grandpa's life looked like, I know what my parents' life looked like, but I didn't know what that looked like for me. Yep. And so um, as I'm playing sports, still doing everything, um, we go to a retreat my junior year of high school, and uh, I end, long story short, I end up getting caught smoking weed at this retreat <laughs> with, with a few of my friends. I'm going to this retreat for Jesus. Yep. I'm and I'm going to need some weed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need some weed to do this. <laughs> hey, I need weed to get through life. At that yeah, moment. yeah, I got you. I got you. But uh, but um, so we go to this retreat. I end up smoking. We try to hot box the bathroom. The walls are paper thin. Didn't work well. <laughs> so, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is great. And so they're and they're all connected. Like all the cabins are connected to Oh too. snap. And so the entire row of cabins smell like weed. You <laughs> gave the whole retreat a contact high. The entire thing. This is this is spectacular. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love this story. Please continue, fam. So, Good so Lord. after everybody got a contact, um, <laughs> So, um, my, one of my youth leaders at the time, his name was Eric. Shout out to Eric. He ended up being the best man in my wedding. Hey, let's go, Eric. And uh, he he was like, he walked in. You could tell his face. He's like, hey, what's up? Mm. And so he was like, yeah, you know I got to tell him, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Like, you put me in a bad spot, fam. <laughs> He's like, why would you do this to me? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, wow. he tells Pastor Gabe, and then, like, we have this whole come to Jesus meeting, me mm-hmm. and a couple of my friends. And um, we're sitting in this room and still smells like weed. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, all right, whose was it? And everybody's just silent. Mm. And I'm like, yo, are y'all serious? Like, y'all not right, say nothing? Right, right, right. So, so I was like, hey, it was mine. All of it was mine. Don't worry. Like, it was me who brought it. Like, um, yeah. and, he, and he respected that. Yeah. And so what he offered to all of us was, um, he was like, hey, I want to meet with y'all individually every single week. Mm. He's like, you can't be on my leadership team. That's not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. But, um, like, you're not in a position to lead people. But yep. I believe in you. And so for months, 
every single day in a st- in um so it was a Barnes and Noble in the kids section because the Starbucks would always be full. So we're sitting in these little chairs <laughs> reading the Bible together. <laughs> it's the most random thing. <laughs> Oh man! You went to Starbucks preschool, Barnes and Nobles <laughs> preschool. This is fantastic. But the kids section was always empty. It was a perfect discipleship spot. I right? love it. And so I um, love it. We'd we'd meet there and um, and we go to Youth for the Nation summer camp. And my heart's slowly changing. My actions are not. Yep. Yep. At yep, all. yep. <laughs> yo yo yo. Let Let's appreciate that. Yeah. Let's appreciate that for a moment. Your heart is slowly changing. Mm. Your actions are not. If this is not what transformation looks like, Mm. I don't know what does. My heart is slowly changing. My actions are not. If your heart don't change, your actions never will. Yep. But for some reason, a lot of churches Mm. don't have the patience. for that heart transformation. Mm. They want to see those actions stop immediately. And sometimes the pressure for those actions to stop immediately turn well-intentioned believers of Jesus Mm. into pathological liars. Wow. Just so we can do the cardboard testimony. You seen those? (laughs) I was on meth. (laughs) (laughs) all of my teeth are fake because i blew my original ones out (laughs) for 15 years it was like this but now god changed me and everybody's like yeah it makes a great weekend but that person still does meth Mm. but to but we want to rush the process instead of allowing people to go my heart's changing i'm here every week and I'm still smoking weed, fam. So sorry. But I showed up. I'm at Barnes & Noble's. I'm sitting in the kitty chair. You know what I'm saying? But I did I did drink a lot this weekend. Mm. But I showed back up. My heart is slowly changing. My actions aren't. That's a process. And it's a process God has never had an issue with. But we, wow. the church, church can't deal with that. So, I mean, I, I appreciate you walking us through the unedited version of your testimony, yeah. right? That hasn't been sanitized for public consumption, yeah. right? Like, like, like um, uh, I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine that I'm discipling. I won't even tell the details of what they're going through. But basically, the encouragement that I had to give this person yesterday was um, uh, th- the church has a difficult time handling process. Mm. So we send people, so so all we want is the before and after picture. We want the biggest loser first episode and last episode. We don't want to see you on the treadmill grinding it out for 18 weeks on a diet of 2,000 calories a day. uh, Call me when it's over. Mm. I just want to see 400 pounds and I want to see 275 in a six pack. Because that's all, I, we just love the before and after. I was, now I'm not. Mm. What? Right? Like, I, I was, then I wasn't. Yep. <laughs> that was then, this is now. And nobody wants to hear the, 
My actions didn't change at all. Yeah. What, do you believe in Jesus now? Yeah, I do. And I was still out there doing crazy stuff. Part of the process, man. Yeah. No. I love it. I love it. Please. I, I just, yeah, bro. So, uh, like, like, my heart was changed. My heart was changing. Actions were not changing at yeah. all. And then around this time as well, um, I start having flashbacks. So I, I had flashbacks a little bit, probably my freshman and sophomore year. And um, so and I couldn't really tell what they were. I'm not sure. Like, I just know I was little. Yeah. I know I was really little, probably about, like, three or four, maybe five. Yeah. And, um, no, it had to be before I was five. And so there was, like, these clips of a room and different things. And finally, it all comes back kind mm. of in a moment. Mm. And um, in the middle of this huge process, I realized I was molested as a kid. Wow. So I was, it was crazy. It was like, I've seen bits and pieces. Of yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. And finally it all came together. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so another spiral. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. And I'm still with the, I'm still kind of, I'm still meeting with Pastor Gabe. I didn't tell him. Yep. I didn't know who, I didn't know how to even express it. Yeah, absolutely. I, for sure. I was trying to even figure out if, is this something the enemy is trying to put yeah. in my head yep, to distract yep, yep. me? Yeah, yeah, like for that. sure. Like yeah. I wasn't sure what was going on at the time. But um, so after I get caught smoking weed at this retreat, I'm meeting with Pastor Gabe every week. Um, he 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 calls a meeting with my parents because um, he's like, all right, we got to tell your parents too. Mm -hmm, like we mm -hmm. can't go through this process without um, telling your parents. And so he they sit down and um, he's like, why did you like why are you smoking weed? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> like right, right. High? Like right, right, like, right, right. And so um, as as this meeting's happening and as um, everything is um, kind of going down, they just keep asking me, like, there has to be a reason. Like, there has to be a root cause. I'm almost like, there's not one. Then Pastor Gabe pauses for a minute. He looks me directly in the eye. He's like, I'm going to ask you this. It's going to sound like a weird question. But I went through a situation where, where something happened to my brother, and he acted the exact same way you're acting right now. Mm. I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to be honest with me. He goes, did somebody hurt you? And in that moment, I broke. Mm. And I was trying not to with every ounce inside of me. And I, I might get emotional, but... Um, it's all good. Because my parents were there. Mm. And I knew if they heard that, they were going to think they were failures. Mm -hmm. And so in the, it's crazy because e even in that moment, I wasn't thinking about me. I was like, I need to protect them. And, um, and so it came out and my parents were amazing. Like, they were like, Hey, um, like we won't talk about it. Like, unless you're ready to talk about it, like we're going to give you space. Um, like we're going to let you process it however you need to. And, um, they were incredible through the entire process. But, um, and even pastor Gabriel, he was, um, he was just meeting with me. He was so gracious. Um, they understood a lot of my behavior. A lot yeah. of it made sense. I started to understand some of my behavior. But um, fast forward to Youth for the Nations camp. Um, I'd actually gone into camp because of my back being broken. I rushed back from injury. I actually tore both of my labrums and my hips. So high school is a struggle for you, boy. <laughs> yeah, bro. And so I'd be playing basketball. My hip would just pop out. And so I'm like, oh, pass the ball. I'm like, and I try to like limp back and it was, it was a struggle. And so I start, I start losing college interest because I'm not playing as well. Yeah, just yeah, different yeah. things are happening. And so I go to this camp, realize I'm molested. I was molested when I was younger. I, um, 
basketball's not going great. Football's, I shouldn't be playing football anyway, so football's not going great. And um, I go into camp, and I'm just, like, frustrated with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I'm meeting with Pastor Gabriel, all this stuff, and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, I, we get to camp, and then um, Pastor Chris Estrada was, was actually the one preaching that night. And um, he's like, hey, I feel like there's a, um, there's a healing altar call that needs to happen right now. There's people in this room that the Lord wants to heal. And so I answer it. I'm like, hey, why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I literally felt so as um, the people are praying around me. So Eric, the youth leader that um, that was there for me the whole time, Pastor Gabriel was there and um, a few of my friends. So they start praying for me like we command his hips to line up in the name of Jesus. And as soon as they say that, I feel it's almost like hands are on my hips. I feel them move back into place and I feel muscles grow literally over my hips. It was one of the craziest moments of my life. I'm loving this. I looked around. I was like, it was somebody touching my like, <laughs> like somebody touching me. Yeah. Nothing. And I still have a video on my phone. I can show it to you after now or never. But um, I wasn't able to dunk uh, for the longest because of my hips. And then the next day, as soon as I got home back on that flight, I went to the park and I have videos of me dunking again. Have you been to the doctor since then? Oh, yeah, everything is cleared. Like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so can we just thank God uh, for being a God of miracles, first of all? Second, um, the reason why it didn't take my breath away Mm -hmm. is because I know that God does miracles. (laughs) So I'm not shocked that he did it. Um, I'm just grateful some doctors confirmed it. Mm. So that the skeptics yep. would be like, man, self-diagnosed. He probably didn't even know. Psych. Doctors confirmed. Got him. Got him. <laughs> right. So, dude, that's beautiful. Holy cow. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait all a minute. Right, wait right. a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So, you mean to tell me your heart's changing, your actions aren't. But because you keep leaning into this process, God starts doing an excavation in your heart and he's moving past all the performance and all of your outside behavior. And he's getting to the root cause of what you're dealing with. The root cause of what you're dealing with has never been smoking marijuana, partying, drinking, any of that. In the same way, the root cause of my pain was never pornography. That's why when people tell me what they're struggling with, I'm like, okay, you've just pointed to the fruit. Mm. Let's go on the journey to find the root. Ain't ain't nobody getting high just to get high. There's some people that think that that, that, that that's why they do it. Mm. But if you left me in the room with them long enough, you ain't just puffing because you like it. Mm. I promise you. Leave me in the room with you long enough, fam. I will... I will find out. I will find out. So, so you receive this miracle. Yep. And you ain't a year removed from smoking weed. I wasn't a month removed from smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> I smoked weed before the trip. <laughs> You mean to tell me God wasn't petty enough 
to be like, uh, I would do this miracle, but the toxicology report shows <laughs> that you still have trace amounts of weed. <laughs> I'm going to need you to drink several more bottles of essential water. <laughs> that's pH balance at 9.5 or above. And as uh, soon as that pee test comes back completely negative and all of that marijuana that you've abnormally used has left your system, I'll be happy to do a miracle for you, Aaron. <laughs> Are you telling me that didn't happen? No, no checklist or nothing. <laughs> Good Lord. What, what kind of God is this? Hey, it's the God I serve, I'll tell you that. I mean, it's not the God most people preach. Mm. Hey, that's whew. that's the truth. That's not the God that's not the God I knew until I experienced him. Man, it's like God is like, stop misrepresenting me. Mm. It, it it may be that you are watching this pod right now and you still are kind of on the fence. Oh, God, and the, the church is... A, the, the. Maybe the church you have been attending or were exposed to misrepresented God. And perhaps hearing a story of a man who decided to just come in here and give us the gift of his vulnerability... Is drawing a composite sketch of a God that you need to know. And not the God they tried to sell you. So good. Bro, please continue. I think you're freeing somebody right now. I'm gonna shut up. For sure. And so um I got healed. And so in that moment, Lord was like. I want you to be a pastor. And I was like, no, 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 this can't be happening. Not miraculous muscle tissue coming over hips of a man who has marijuana in his system. <laughs> and while marijuana, said marijuana is allegedly still in the system, <laughs> your honor, God also recruits you to be his pastor? Crazy. No, he needs at least five years to make sure you're not going back to the old life, Aaron. Come on. Yeah, Jesus would not get a job as a scout in America. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, surely you had to go to Dallas Theological Seminary and, you know, study the epitaphs of the faith and really understand the tenets thereof. I mean, there's no way you're three weeks removed from a blunt. <laughs> And God wants to employ you as one of his servants in the kingdom. Yep. Who? I don't know this God you speak of. <laughs> it's like, yes, I do. <laughs> and so. Um, it's crazy. I love this. And so what happened was no was my response. I love it. I'm like, Lord, there's no way. Like, thanks for the healing. That was dope. Like, <laughs> you're the Appreciate homie. Like, dap you up. Everything. <laughs> but like. Nah, <laughs> like I see what my grandpa had to go through. I'm like, like pastoring's rough. I'm like, eh. like, and I always saw myself playing sports. If I wasn't playing sports, I was going to be a lawyer. My dad's best friend was a very successful lawyer at the time. So I was like, oh, I got a job lined up. I'm good. And um, every day for six months, the Lord's like, hey, I want mm. you to be a pastor. I want you to come work for me. Mm. And so about three or four months into it, I'm like, all right, 
I'm going to go tell Pastor Gabe. He's going to tell me no because I'm a heathen anyway. <laughs> and so I go to, uh, we were sitting at, in the kids section at Barnes and Nobles. And I'm like, hey, um, I think the Lord told me to go to Christ for the nations. So let me back up a little bit. So I didn't even know what Bible college was. But because I had gotten in trouble for Well, you also didn't know what a youth ministry was. That's honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is this gathering of teenagers? That, <laughs> is it a club? Why are there so many Nerf guns? <laughs> 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 I love it. No, but uh, so I didn't know what um, Bible college was. But he said, um, look up CFNI. And I was like, oh, this is the school that Youth for the Nations was at. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And he was like go there and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> right 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 i thought he was going to talk about like the healing or something yeah and um so i'm like pastor gabe uh i think the lord told me to go to cfni he's like what <laughs> he's like for real and i was like i think so yeah 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 and uh, if I did, could you fill out this pastoral recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I need you to, I need you to say that you vouch for me. Yeah, don't bring up the weed story. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and so through that process, through prayer, um, Pastor Gabe was like, "Yeah, I think this is the Lord. Like, I, I think I feel the Lord on this." And then, so the next step was telling my parents. Wait a minute. How long were you in this youth group? Two years. Two years. Got gotcha. you. Two and a half years. Oh, so this guy Gabe was with you through that whole season. Yep. He wasn't like a 24-month youth pastor. I think they spent seven years there. Oh, awesome. So he saw, he saw almost two cycles of teenagers come through. Yep. With other job offers. Oh, so he wasn't using the youth pastor as a stepping stone to become an associate pastor, as a stepping stone to become a lead pastor. Shout out to Gabe Zamora, everybody. I'm telling you, that dude, that dude, bravo, sir. Homeboy, get your flowers now. For real. Are you kidding me? You and Dominique. Yeah. Thank you for investing in a young person's life for longer than 24 months. Yep. And news flash to youth pastors. Stop getting in this as a stepping stone to go do something else. If you love kids, love them. Be there for a minute. Nobody's telling you you got to do 20 years, but don't do two years, man. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> and so um, my parents, they thought I was faking it. They were like, there's no way this kid goes from smoking weed at a retreat to wanting to go to Bible college. They're like, <laughs> he's just trying to get out of the house. Like, he's like, <laughs> oh, I love it. And my dad's like skeptic number one. So yeah. he was like, there is no way on God's green earth. <laughs> but they're like, hey, I'm going to let him go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Like, do your thing. Yep. And so um, I go to CFNI, and man, my life was forever changed. Best wow. thing that happened to me, met my wife. Let's go. Let's go. That's what Chris I'm talking about. Best thing. Yes, sir. Planet. Yes, sir. <laughs> and um, so I met my wife. I uh, served Youth for the Nations, where I got healed and called into ministry for three years. Wow. Um, under Chris Estrada. Oh, awesome. Yep. Yeah, Chris is a good man. Awesome, awesome. And um, so he's one of my mentors. That's my awesome. Wife. I love him. And, yes, sir. Um, so. Uh, work, working at Youth for the Nations, I'm learning so much. Uh, we go through a manhood class, and I'm learning about how much. Um, 
of this ideology that I thought like being tough, not being soft, suck it up was just not biblical at all. <laughs> like at all, at all. Like Jesus wept. Like I thought that was like a metaphor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like no, no, he was actually crying. Like, yeah, he was. He, he like he he got sad and cried. Like that's he that's did cool. exactly <laughs> what he did. That's true. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, it's okay to cry. Like, yes, sir. Oh, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's okay to like respect women. Cool, yeah, yeah, cool. absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, the part of part of my testimony I left out was very promiscuous mm-hmm. in high school, porn addiction, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of walking through this, and all of this starts falling off. I'm just getting revelation. Lights, light bulbs are coming on. Yeah, for sure. And um. After CF and I, I ended up going into full-time ministry, me and um, Krista both. and um, yeah. Wow. And a lot in between, but that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. overview. No, dude, th- man, thank you for the, the gift of your story, man. I, I feel like um, this, is, this is why this never, I never get tired of this. Like, I, can't, I can't exhaust this at all because there's so many beautiful nuances to everybody's story. Like everybody's story adds a different texture to to what we're trying to be and see in the basement you, you know what i mean it's like um for 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 all of the people that i feel like um have resonated with the philosophy of the basement um every voice is speaking up for thousands yeah. of other voices yeah. you, you know what i mean and so um uh it's just beautiful to 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 see it and to and I just never get tired of God's grace in in a person's life. I mean, good lord. Right? To to have a miraculous healing and be called to ministry and you got weed in your system. That's just dope. You ain't going to hear that on Sunday morning. For real. Right? It needs to be sanitized. Like uh, I wouldn't say that part. Mm. Could you imagine if the Bible was treated like most people treat testimonies now. David would have been an angel. <laughs> we would have been like, everyone be like Davy. He was perfect, a man after God's own heart. He never did anything wrong. He threw his little rock at Goliath, and you know what happened next? God loved him so much he made him king, and he stayed married to one woman the rest of his <laughs> life, and he had Solomon, and it was awesome. Except <laughs> this fool had no chill. None. He killed his boy, <laughs> boned his girl, got her pregnant, and tried to lie about all of it. That's the dude that's a man after God's own heart. Wow. I don't know. How y'all going to keep doing church? <laughs> Reconcile that craziness. All right, so how long you been in Longview? So we've been in Longview. We're coming up on two years now. Okay. Coming up on two years. So we uh, transitioned from Trinity and Cedar Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Hennessy's. Yeah, love yes, them. Yes, sir, absolutely. Awesome couple. Awesome couple. Yep. Love them. Gave me a great opportunity. Love my season there. And then I went to – we go to LifeBridge now. We okay. We serve at LifeBridge. Um in Longview, Texas. Longview, Texas. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. How long have you and Krista been married? So we've been married four years now. Let's go. We just celebrated four years on the 15th. Let's go. Yes. I love it. I love it. And she's I the love most it. patient woman on the planet. Bravo for patience. <laughs> um, okay, man. What what made you fill out that form? And um, What was on your mind? Those are some dope jeans, by the way. Uh, thanks. Zara. 
Yeah, those are nice. Got it on sale too. Two for seventy. Oh yes, you're a good <laughs> you're a good steward. <laughs> yeah, those are nice. I like that. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. So why I feel that the um the form was um honestly you have a lot of insight into mental health. Mm. And that's something I'm currently walking through now. Okay. Just um because I went through, I believe, a healing season this last summer. So I've been back to Youth for the Nations a few times as a youth pastor. And um, Krista Smith was, um, she was doing a prophetic session. She's like, there's trauma in the room that the Lord is going to heal right now. Mm. Walks up to me, grabs my hand. She's like, do you trust me? And in that moment, it was like Jesus asking me. Wow. Looking me in the eyes and saying, do you trust me? Wow. She starts walking with me in front of like, a hundred youth pastors and so i'm like uh <laughs> right right <laughs> what, what are we doing what wh- where are we walking to and um oh. she was she was like all right um now i know why the lord told me to grab your hand and walk with you he wants you to know that he's been walking with you every step of the way that's good it's beautiful and um and it and i just started weeping it broke something off my life yeah. i i'd felt abandoned mm. i was like lord you're gonna call me to this uh, I'm doing. I was doing. I'm doing all this work for you, but you just let me get hurt. Mm. You just threw me to the wolves. Mm. And so I was in this. I had this mi- misnomer about God that uh, He was going to protect me from everything mm. instead of just be with me in mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I got that revelation in that moment. Yep. And so, um, and from that place, I'd kind of went through, um, just a difficult mental season because I'd been, because I still have this thinking, this wiring and I'm starting therapy soon. Good, good, and, um, good, 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 good. And shout out to Pastor Brian from LifeBridge because he is paying for it. Great. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. That's the life hack. That's the life hack. That's beautiful. So, yeah, he was he was he was like, hey, bro, like, what do you need? And I was like, I, he was like, would therapy be good? I was like, yeah. And he was like, all right, is money a problem? I was like, yes. And mm. he was like, don't worry about it. We got it. That's beautiful. And so um, and so I've just been in this place and I'm getting better. But I just really wanted to know, like, how do you reconcile your old thoughts about the Lord and your old habits, your old ways? And I know there's like renew your mind, but there's, yeah. but um, how do you reconcile that with what I'm now understanding about the Lord? Cause I don't really think I understood what it was like to be even really like really saved yeah. until this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like to really sacrifice to what it really meant that you were going to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you reconcile like those old habits, muscle memory with this new revelation of I'm here, you might suffer, but it's all a part of my plan. Absolutely. So, um, man, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful question. And it's a, it's a process you're going to walk out. So I want to talk, I want to deal with, uh, separate components. Okay. So I want to deal first with salvation, right? And the fact that when you give your life to Jesus, um, uh, there is, there is the beautiful joy of knowing you have a savior that did something for you that you could have never done for yourself. That's a beautiful joy. And then there is um, a bitter bite to the fact that you also have a Lord who... brought you as you were with the with the intention to never keep you as 
you were. Um, and that's where most people fall off. Because the joy of salvation is married to the bitterness of suffering. They are married. <laughs> and and Jesus was clear to his disciples that you would in this life suffer persecution. Yep. And he left that as a general statement, which meant that can look a whole bunch of ways. <laughs> right? And uh and his disciples did not depart from the narrative. It wasn't like, I know that's what the guy said, but the longer you get with him, the better it becomes. Mm. It's like, no, the longer I stay with him, the more I'm walking through life with him, life is coming at me. And not just the good, the bad as well. And when you can recognize that he is the one navigating you through it and that he's with you always, there's a peace there. But if you treat your salvation like you treated football, then on the days that feel like a win, you'll feel like a winner. Wow. And on the days that you feel like you took an L, you'll feel like a loser. Wow. <laughs> when the truth of the matter is, it's going to rain on the just as well as the unjust. That everybody's going to have good and bad days because we're just walking through life. So the, the life hack is to what Paul said, I've learned that whatever situation I'm in, I'm content. And this is where the, the, the scripture, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, actually comes from. It comes from the epicenter of contentment, not, a, not I have all six infinity stones. Wow. <laughs> and I can turn back time and make anything as happy as I want it to be. I can do all things through Christ. I'm, I can, uh, my favorite story around uh, Philippians 4.13, I'm, Almost certain that's the address, uh, but I just like to check because the written word is my guide and not my memory. Uh, yeah, that is it. Four thirteen. So, so um, uh, my favorite story about this, Aaron, is that this this uh, uh, Juliet and I love the 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 science of boxing. So we love watching boxing. Love, love boxing. Yeah, we love boxing. My grandpa was a superhero. He was also a professional boxer. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so we love boxing. So, um, uh, uh, we watched this fight, and this dude comes into the ring. He has on some like pearl colored shorts, and on the waistband, Philippians four thirteen is written on it, mm. right? And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, you know, so they start boxing. And homie gets caught with what I believe is a right hook. And he gets folded. I'm talking like when the leg is back here, <laughs> folded. You know what I mean? Scorpion. Like yeah, yeah, when you when you get scorpioned out and your boy is your boy is sleep, okay? Knee buckled, 
right? And I hated that they had this shot, but they had an overhead cam that zoomed down on your boy while he's sleeping with Philippians 413 emblazoned <laughs> on his waistband, fam. And I'm looking and I'm like, we got to stop getting Christian boxers to wear scriptures <laughs> into the ring. Here's why. Because Philippians 4.13 doesn't mean you're going to win this boxing fight. Mm. Writing mm. Philippians 4.13 on your cleats doesn't mean you're going to catch 12 passes for 272 yards and four touchdowns. Writing Philippians 4.13 uh, on your business proposal doesn't mean the bank is going to give you $2 million to sell gummy bears. Philippians 4.13 is not a freaking magic chant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scriptural verse that out of context doesn't work. In context, you can handle anything in life. The epicenter of Paul's reasoning behind I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is the fact that I can be content in any situation I'm in. And when you learn to be content in any situation you're in, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. So I want to deal with the salvation aspect first, right? I gave my life to Jesus. And as a result, now here's the other part of it. Oh, this is good. You asked me. Oh, I love this. So, so, so uh, I gave my life to Jesus. Where does my initial suffering start? My initial suffering starts when I, when I begin to feel conviction. Yeah. <laughs> over the stuff I used to enjoy mm. without conviction. Before I gave my life to Jesus, oh my goodness. Sex was bomb with as many girls as I could, right? Pornography was great. Masturbation felt amazing. I'm like, oh, hey, want to take me a good nap after this and play Madden, right? Then I gave my life to Jesus. And, and, I, and, I, and I gave my life to Jesus at 20, and a girl called me at midnight, and I went over there, and the Holy Spirit said, I heard the Holy Spirit from the time I hung up the phone. The Holy Spirit said, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there. In repetition, from the time I hung up that phone to the time that girl opened that door. I'm talking, I hung up the phone, I took a shower, I got dressed, I got in the car. I tried to put the music over, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't. It was still that loud. I got out the car. Don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there, don't go over there. I walked up the, the little walkway to her apartment. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. Don't go. I knocked on the door. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. Don't. And then she opened the door with T-shirt and her panties on. T-shirt. And I didn't hear, don't go over there. As soon as she opened that door, he was like. Because scripture says flee fornication. I was running to it, not mm. from it. And because the Holy Spirit is a leader and not a dictator, 
I didn't hear him anymore as soon as she opened that door. And as soon as we were done having sex, the most overwhelming conviction hit me. When she came back from the bathroom, I was on the edge of the bed bawling my eyes out, ugly crying, and she got scared. Like, like what happened? What is wrong with you? And I was like, uh, uh, I, should, I shouldn't be here with you. Uh, 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 I, I should have come, uh, come over, uh, over uh, here. Jesus is not pleased with me. I, you're, I, it's not you. It's me. And, and she started like, oh my God, I, 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 I didn't mean to try to. And I was like, you didn't do nothing wrong. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one came over here. So it's really my fault. <laughs> I, I could have told you no, but I didn't. I mean, I it was a hot mess. And I drove home with the most overwhelming sense of conviction that was then overwhelmed by shame. And I thought this ain't going this life ain't going to work no more. I didn't ever feel this before I met Jesus. I was like, see you tomorrow. Or can I spend the night? You know what I'm saying? And let's have breakfast. My whole life changed. My whole <laughs> life changed. That's that, that's that Lecrae. Shout out to Cuzzo. That's that, that's that, that's that Lecrae. So, so, so my first suffering was the reconciliation of my lifestyle, mm. past tense, with my new lifestyle, mm. present tense. That was my first suffering. It was, I now have to deny, my, deny the flesh that I trained to cope with life this way. Mm. Stress hits me. I'm going to numb the pain by looking at pornography and masturbating. And now that's not the option. Yep. Well, I can't sit in the corner. <gasps> Don't look at porn. Mm. Don't masturbate. Yeah. You can do it. What do I replace with that? I have to replace the unhealthy with healthy. Because yep. if I don't, I'm going back to what I'm used to because I haven't replaced it. Yeah. It's, it's got to be replaced. It's good. So the pornography and the masturbation had to be replaced. The promiscuity had to be replaced. The low self-esteem had to be replaced. The, um, the, the thoughts had to be replaced. That's deep. So you didn't just have to remove stuff. They had to be replaced. They have to, they have, you cannot just... I hope this helps somebody right now. You cannot just remove it. You have to replace it. Because anything that's not replaced leaves an open space for, this, for the devil to come back with haste. Wow. Bars. Bars. <laughs> so, so, so we cannot leave it there. Because, okay, let me... Listen, let me tell you something. Scriptures just be volunteering. 
I don't even be thinking about these scriptures. And then they just be like, pick me. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, I think it's, I'm almost certain it's Matthew. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, uh, I I have like the. Oh my goodness! What's the address for the scripture? I'm, I'm, okay, I got. I memorize stuff in my Bible based on like where I marked it. So let me just try to go off the mark. Cause Oh, okay. I I, le I left out a word. Did I even spell that right? So uh, there's this passage in the Gospels about um, the spirits coming back seven times stronger. And for some reason, maybe I should have just put that whole thing in there. Oh, my goodness. That should be in, in, a, that should be in King James. Oh, 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 thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew 12. Yep, mm-hmm. There it is. It is 12. It's Matthew 12, 44. I, and I was at Matthew. I was between 15 and 16 people, so I was close. <laughs> so, um. If it's within five pages, you good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I knew I was close. Okay, so this is, uh, um, boom, 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 boom. Uh, this is, this is Matthew chapter number 12, verse number 43. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home. Get this. Uh, it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. When the spirit finds... Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. Mm. So that person is worse off than before. This will be the experience of this evil generation. Wow. Now, this is, this is um, uh, something that, that Jesus is speaking about. Uh, it starts with uh, the sign of Jonah going when Jonah is sent to uh, Nineveh to ask people to repent, right? Um, but I wanted, I want to address from this section, why it's important to replace the spirit leaves. The house is empty. It's the key word. It's now unoccupied. <laughs> this is why the Holy spirit comes to live on the inside of us because he is our seal. Right. There has to be a new occupant. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you just can't have an empty house. Right. So um, it is empty. It's swept and it's in order. 
but it's unoccupied. And if it's if you don't replace the tenant, <laughs> the old one's gonna move back in and squat. Mm. That's crazy. You know what happens to unoccupied properties? It's a license for squatters. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it doesn't matter how clean it is and how swept it is and in order. Okay, th- here's the other thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is one of the revelations he showed me uh, out of this out of this text, right? So it's empty, swept, and in order. Okay, those three things. Three things. Empty, it is not occupied. It's swept, it's clean, and it's in order, right? That order is familiarity. Mm. Okay. If uh, pitch black, if I if the power went off in my house at two o'clock in the morning, I could navigate my room and the majority of the house just based off touch and feel, because I know where everything is. Right? I know when I when my feet hit the uh, floor, if I if I get out of the bed, I know about it's twelve steps to get to the door that leads to the bathroom, and then another four steps before I turn the corner. Right, right. There's a familiarity because you know how the house is ordered, so it is important when you replace the old lifestyle with the new lifestyle. You have you have to have a new occupation. Right. For what you're doing. And it can't just be clean. It has to be reordered. Wow. Come on. Ready for the revelation. All right. Y'all drove up from Longview. All right. So we're going to use y'all spot. Okay. So. So. um, While you're here. Somebody. Redoes your entire place. Okay. All new furniture, all set in a new way, but they don't just like replace furniture. It's like where the living room is, is now a kitchen. And where the bedroom was is now a bathroom. And then like they knocked out a wall and they, so that when you came home, when you walk in the doors off that rearrangement alone, how are you going to feel? In that house, walking back in, mm. like, will, will it feel like yours? Like you, you'll literally take three steps and realize this is unfamiliar, and stop and be like, <laughs> you might even walk back out the door and be like, "Am I at the? Am I in the right place? Cause this is, this don't look like, yeah, this don't look like my house, right? They're called familiar spirits for a reason." They're looking for familiarity. This is why when I go into certain spaces, there I can feel my flesh waking up in ways it doesn't wake up in other spaces. Why? This feels familiar to me. Wow. It's the reason why I don't go some places because there's a familiar spirit there and I have a connection with that familiar mm. spirit and I don't want to feed it and I, I don't want it to think like this environment is popping off. Wow. So we got to go. When I go to a wedding, I love weddings. Weddings are awesome. And it's too much of a free flow. Everybody looks glamorous today. 
You know what I'm saying? Yep. Everybody looking their wedding best, and then now we about to turn up at the reception, and now we about to pass out drinks, and my flesh is like, we remember this. <laughs> and I'm like, fool, we leaving. Like, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you haven't even been served your meal yet. Nope. I'm out. I'm going to get me a Chipotle bowl on the way home <laughs> and keep my salvation. Why? Yeah. Because if I stay in that environment long enough, mm. it gets familiar to me. And I've not just reorganized my life, I've reordered it. Mm. So the enemy can't. Wow. When he comes back to test me, he's like, oh, you're not in the, you usually, mm. you usually look at porn on your phone, but you, you got it blocked. Dang, this is my familiar place to tempt you. I usually come, you usually go to the explore page on Instagram, and that's the way you always play yourself into, like maybe just some bikini stuff into some, then that, then you go to Pornhub, but then you don't even go to the explore page, which means you don't, and then you usually do it on your phone, but your phone's locked down and you don't have a laptop, and there's no other place you would do it except maybe the bedroom before you went to sleep. Shoot. Mm. They're peeking through the door. They're peeking through the window and going, the, the couch used to be there. Where'd the couch go? Wow. This ain't the same place we used to live. Like your whole, you got to reorder your whole life. Mm. I hear so many people talking about just, just the temptations and I just struggle so much. It's because you haven't reordered your life. Come on. So your good. whole life got to be reordered. So and you ain't going to want to do it. Yep. I promise you that. It ain't going to feel good to your flesh. Yep. But you know you're doing it right when it feel like you're dying. Yep. <laughs> the death of the flesh is just that. It's the death of the flesh. But it's a reordering of your life so that you're not in a space where you can even. I got this. My philosophy, my philosophy is live a thousand feet above reproach. Mm. People say I live above reproach, but some people are like, Four, four inches above, <laughs> which means your knee can't even, <laughs> your knee can't even buckle or you're going to be in the dirt. You know what I mean? You can't trip. You can't even trip. You know what I'm saying? A righteous man follows seven times, but the Lord bears him up, right? Mm. So, so for me, I'm, my mentality is let's live a thousand feet above reproach. That way, if there's turbulence, wow. you can dip and you still so not by the line. So good. You know what I mean? So I don't get in, I don't get accused of flirting mm. and, you know, inappropriate behavior and and oh, it looked like Tim was doing I don't I don't live my life like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So but there's gotta be that that conscious awareness, that self-awareness of like, where am I right now? You gotta know which environments you can deal with and which environments you can't. Mm. That's just gotta be a self-assessment. There's certain stuff I can do that I have a liberty to do. I don't have the convictions that a, another person has. But then there's also some convictions I have that I won't put myself in, even though somebody else might feel liberty. So it's not a gospel thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like, thus saith the Lord. It's just like, no, this is what works for me. And you got to know what works for you. At, like, like, at all times, know thyself. Mm. So the reason why I've been able to do ministry for 26 years without scandal is not because I'm good. Mm -hmm. It's because we talked about this on, 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 on another pod. I'm on a very short leash. Yep. Like, 
that's the secret to my success is that I'm on a short leash. I have my wife's trust because I'm on a short leash. My wife ain't like, were you at the basement all day? <laughs> were you recording all day? I checked the tracker and it seemed like you wasn't where you were supposed to be. Well, nah, I don't live my life like that. My wife can make three phone calls and find me. I, I'm not just in the streets. I'm not just out in the wind. And you left church at four, but like you didn't come home to nine. Oh, I, traffic. And then, you know, I stopped by the mall real quick. I'll never be out of pocket nowhere for five hours, fam. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Nah, if I'm out of pocket for five hours, I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm telling y'all that right now. I'm telling the whole basement community. You ever see me at the, out of the pocket for five hours? Don't believe me when I tell you I was praying. Mm. I'm doing something foolish. Mm. I am out of my restricted area. Mm. And I'm not safe if I play outside of my restricted area, right? Um, uh, I'll do this. I, I, I'll say this last thing, then I'll shut up on this. Um, uh, and one mixtapes. Yeah. Right? Skip to my Lou, white chocolate, like all them dope ball players. Great. Kings of the blacktop, right? Broke. You know why? They can't play organized ball. For all them, for all them handles and all them tricks and all them dunks, they can't set a screen. They won't submit to the fundamentals. They cannot play by the rules. They cannot play team ball. So as dope as they are, they got street cred and they broke. Mm. Meanwhile, Austin Reeves. <laughs> Kid is cold. Austin Reeves is like, I'm never going to be you, LeBron, <laughs> but I will out hustle anybody mm. on this court, and I have a basketball IQ. Mm. I do my fundamentals. I square my shoulders and I shoot. I'm scrappy on defense. I play within the boundaries. I'm not going to fall out this game. That dude has a roster spot. So there's a lot of people trying to play this game, and they're and one mixtape people. Mm. Which is why they wind up rogue ministers. Wow. <laughs> and they wind up on what I call affectionately the chitlin circuit. Mm. There's a whole chitlin circuit of preachers that are never going to have like character and integrity. Mm. And as such, they have to play with other people that got baby mamas mm. and side chicks and all like that there. So I don't even know if I answered your question at this point, but I, I don't know, but that was good. <laughs> <laughs> But does that, does that, oh, make, yeah, sense? that makes sense? Yeah, sure. yeah, like the, there's a cohesiveness between the salvation side of it and the practical yeah, application side sure. of it. And it, it and it is you tinkering with yeah. what you, you got to be self-aware enough to know like where all of your little idiosyncrasies are. And the more you find, the more you like, okay, I, okay, I, I keep playing myself in this mm -hmm. area. I need to replace this with this. Yep. I need to start doing this. And you stitch that together, and after a while, in the same way that your heart transformed before your actions did, you start walking this thing out, and then you're like, oh, it's a lifestyle yep. 
I do the same thing every day. I get into a pattern. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Paul literally said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. But that word follow literally means pattern. Mm. He was basically saying, copy me, mm. imitate me. Wow. Everybody that I disciple and I mentor, I always tell them, do exactly what I do. Yeah. If you do exactly what I do, you'll meet Jesus. Yeah. I promise you ain't going to get to me, you're going to get to him. Mm. But but I, I tell people to copy the lifestyle because it works. Good. Not I'm not trying to make clones of Tim Ross. Be you, be your whole personality, but go home to your wife, fam. Yeah. Wash the dishes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Take take care of the kids. Last night, we we I mean uh, last week we had a um our our uh 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 a uh, 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 Christmas party, mm. and um uh we had 32 people at the house, right? And so we had to put out all these like folding trays for everybody to eat. So then last night, Juliet and I were watching um Breaking Bad, and when we got done, I was about to play my video games, right? And and Juliet was like, I asked Juliet, "What you about to do?" And she was like, well, I'm about to fold up all of these uh, trays, uh, get ready for tomorrow and all this kind of stuff. I wanted so bad mm. to be like, all right, girl, go ahead and handle that. I'm about to play my game. But then I'm like, don't be that dude today, homeboy. It's 1.45 in the morning, and you're going to let her fold up all of these mm. tables. by her. Now, the Seth side of me just wanted to play my game. Honestly, I did. Um, but then I, 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 I had to help the homie, you know what I mean? Um, love does stuff like that, yep. but lifestyle does stuff like that. Mm. I'm not selfish, yeah. right? I do have a selfish side of me. I have to recognize that thing and then I got to kill it. Mm. So there, there's an application you have at home. There's an application you have with, with, uh, the relationships in your life. There's yep. an application you have with, with your uh, godly male friends and ungodly male friends. There's an application you have with your godly female friends and your ungodly female friends. But you build up this lifestyle mm. that you can trust yeah. yourself in because that's what I, I thrive in highly structured environments, right? The less structure an environment has, the more apt I am to, to, to default to some very, Mm. fleshly behavior yeah. the more structure i have the more buttoned up i am yeah. so so those two things have to kind of coalesce together and see that's that's so powerful that you said um that you said patterns yeah that verse in particular because i found myself falling into these patterns where it wasn't necessarily sin cycles but mm -hmm. they were mental health cycles to where i'm allowing certain things to come in and i'm finding myself in these depressive episodes for yep. a month or two months or these anxiety episodes for a month or two months and it's that same pattern that the lord was even talking to me about a month ago so that's dope bro that's right on so so um um let, let me let me pull it up it's uh, this is hebrews 12 uh, two. I think it's twelve two. It is twelve two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore, I'm gonna read one and two. No, no, no. Oh, it's all. That's all. Verse one. Oh, sweet. Um. So, uh, twelve one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight. That slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us, us us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I got everything memorized in, in King James, right? Lay aside uh, the sin that so 
that does so, beset you. Right? That's so easily beset you. Who wants to say doth in 2022, <laughs> right? But but it says to let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. Mm. Weight and sin are two different things. Wow. Weight and sin are two mm. different things. So you can't just be focused on the sins. You got to be focused on the stuff wow. that weighs you down. Crystal, write that down. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to have something. You got to have something that's going to um, allow you to catch feelings, mm. but not keep them. We're all human, mm-hmm. right? We're going to catch feelings. Yep. We can't keep them. We got to be able to process them, and we have to be able to articulate them. And so whatever you feel needs to be put into words because it's only when you put it into words can you actually do something with it. Mm. Psychology literally says your brain needs words to heal. Wow. So if you feel but you can't talk, you'll never be healed. (laughs) Never. It's not going to happen. So when you feel depressed, depression in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's information. All your feelings are information. I feel mad. I feel angry. I feel depressed. I feel sad. I feel frustrated. I feel ebullient. Really good word. Y'all look that one up. Um, I feel tired i feel um confused Mm -hmm. right okay cool now that we know the feeling what's the words behind that confused about what Mm. frustrated about what happy about what depressed about what man twitch that thing took me out fam yeah that messed me up that messed me up (laughs) and the reason why it messed me up once I find out the details, is because um, the way he took his life is the way I was tempted to take mine. Wow. Gunshot to the head. Um, and I'm reading the I'm reading the report, and I'm I'm just grieving, mm. grieving him. I'm grieving for his wife and his three yeah. kids, and I, and I'm literally sitting there, and I'm going. The same lie that got this man to take his life is the same lie that I was presented with back in 2004. And had I believed that lie then, I wouldn't be here now. Mm. And that goes to say that the lie of suicide is that you need to make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. That's the lie of suicide. We need to make a permanent decision with your life Mm -hmm. based on a temporary decision in your life. Mm. And that lie only has to work one time. Wow. It's sobering, fam. It's sobering, and that's and it's a real depression, suicidal ideation, contemplation, 
it's a real thing. It's like something that we can't dismiss. But man, the 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 root system is silence. And this is why suicide is always such a devastating blow to those that are left behind because they don't have context. Even if you leave a suicide note, we don't have context. We don't know how to, even if you wrote it down, I have questions, <laughs> right? And I can't, you're not going to even give me. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, all of our feelings are information, man. And, and, and for Twitch to walk out of his house, fam, just go to a hotel room and check in and check out. We got to expose that lie that things are so bad right now that you don't need to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, <sighs> yeah. the silence is appropriate. So I just want to encourage anybody um, that is, that is uh, struggling in their mental health, specifically with depression, suicidal ideation, um, I know it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of bravery. Um, but, yo, I want you to live. Mm. My boy Hector has a tat on his arm that literally says, please don't kill yourself. Wow. Because it's something he struggles with and has struggled with. And... This is not a community. We're we're not creating a community of perfect people. We're 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 creating a community of progressive people. Yeah. And we could hold the tension of the fact that you love God and your actions haven't changed. <laughs> yep. We can hold the tension of you love God and there's cocaine in your system. There's weed in your system. You threw up at 3 o'clock this morning because you chased down a whole bottle of Ciroc by yourself. Nobody was there with you. We can handle all of that. The basement is safe. When I tell you it's safe down here, it's safe down here. Yeah. Hey, and it ain't just safe for Christians. Come on. Come on. Let me say that right now. The basement is safe for everybody, not just Christians. So if you down here rocking with us and you don't even believe in the Bible, 
You're safe down here. Wow. I promise you, you're safe down here. I can hold space with you. I don't have to agree with you on everything. You don't have to agree with me on, on everything. But this could be a safe place for us to meet. I'll gladly take you at whatever intersection of life you are in right now. Mm. Alive. I'd rather you be here with me alive. You can hate Jesus. I'd rather you be alive. Mm. You can be an agnostic and have more questions than I'll ever be able to give you answers. I just want you to be alive, though. Like, fight another day. Just one more day, don't give up. One more day, don't give in. One more day, don't give out. This ain't the end for you. I promise you it's not the end for you. If I'd have blew my brains out in 2004, I am not sitting here right now. It's the darkest days in my life, and I never thought I was going to ever be able to see the light of day again with the loss of my little brother. And here we are. And I still hold the sadness in my heart, but it doesn't feel like a universe of sadness anymore. The more time went on, the more universe began to shake, to, 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 to uh, shrink. And I'm telling you, don't give up. Just don't give up. You are loved. You are worthy. You are valuable. Don't give up. Don't kill yourself. You are loved. You are valuable. You are needed. You are necessary. And the biggest lie you could believe today is that dying would make it better. And that couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. Wow. Okay, I'm going to get off that. I really felt something for pastors. Do you mind if I share really quick? Please. I really felt like if you're in ministry, you're a pastor, worship leader, whatever that is, um, and you're struggling with suicide, don't let that shame get you. It's a plot of the enemy to make you feel disqualified. Don't let that shame get you. Jesus paid the price for it. That was it. <sighs> yeah, somebody's going to... Somebody's going to live. I believe you're saving multiple lives right now. Yeah, bro. Somebody's about to live, man. Somebody's about to live, fam. I even have it tatted on me for my struggles to live as Christ. With a butterfly next to it. Yeah, bro. Somebody's about to live. Somebody's about to live, man. Like you have no idea. You have no idea. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that or not, but as soon as we started encouraging people not to die, um, it's overcast where we are right now, and we started talking about the fact that you can live and not die, and the sun came out. Wow. Like all the clouds backed up. Come on. And the sun came right in. And as soon as we like stopped talking about it, the sun mm. went back behind the curtain of clouds. And I'm telling you, I know the days. I know what depression feels like. And it does feel like you got blackout curtains. Yep. And not even a, 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 a ray of light is peeking through it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can make it through this. Yeah. Don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. <sighs> oh my gosh. Ooh, okay. <sighs> That's it for me. Yeah. It's a solid place to stop. Yeah, I'm done. Are you done? You yeah. got anything else? I mean, I got a million questions. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think God wants to save somebody's life. I just think he wants to save somebody's life. Dang. <sighs> and if you don't believe in God, the universe wants to save your life. Until you find out that the universe was created by God. So. <laughs> 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 I'm just playing. I I ain't messing with you. I ain't messing with you. Yo, um I usually don't do this often, uh, but I just I I feel like I just need to pray. And um bro, we'll just have you come back. Hey, I'm down. <sighs> All right, so um Jesus, I thank you right now for um, my brothers and my sisters, your sons and daughters. God, I thank you for um, how you have been with them through every step of their lives, especially the days that they haven't felt like you were there. Would you make it really, really clear that you were? That you didn't stand by and watch them be harmed and hurt. But that in all actuality, you were harmed and hurt with them. That's how closely you've been with them. That when it happened to them, it happened to you. 
God, so I pray for people that have been sexually abused, raped, physically abused, mentally abused, emotionally abused, financially abused. People don't think that's a thing. It's a thing. And God, I pray that you would just allow your grace and your truth to prevail over the lies that their life doesn't matter, that they won't be missed, that nobody cares about them anyway. God, I pray that, actually I sense God that somebody's literally saying to themselves, if you're real, show me a sign. And God, I pray that you would make it obvious for them today. Show them a sign today, like a Captain Obvious sign today. Prove to them that you are real. That you love them. And that you have a beautiful purpose for them. Now I'm going to get real churchy. I come against the spirit of suicide in Jesus' name. I take authority over that spirit. And I thank you, Lord God, that life and life more abundantly is accessible to everyone listening to this prayer right now. We speak life over every single listener. We speak life over every single viewer. And I pray, Lord God, that they would be a beacon, a beacon of life and light in a very dark world. In Jesus' name.